0: We are in the last throes of winter. Uh, Yesterday here it was 73, today it's about 50-something. I am just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And tomorrow, uh, Sunday the 20th of March, is the first official day of spring. So even if that snow comes back, it's only short-lived. Can you believe we got through another winter? Although I have to be honest and fair that this past winter here has been pretty mild. I mean, besides the snow and the freezing temperatures... Um, but it was pretty mild, and now we're on to spring, and people seem to be really happy about that. I'm happy about that. And it's later later now that daylight savings time is on. And the Senate have passed daylight savings time being permanent. If that goes by the House and Biden, uh, we might never have to change our clocks again, and I am all for that. Anyways, this week we're talking to my cousin Alan Blasberg. Alan, I don't even know what to say. Alan has always been the comedian of our family. He says in this episode, we're all the comedians. But the fact is, he's always the one that has gotten people to laugh over the years. And he's just a lot of fun and very introspective. And, um, you know, this is actually uh, even more of why I started the podcast. is because not only am I getting to know friends that I might have shared a crayon with in kindergarten and that was it. But I'm also getting to know people that um, are the closest to me, my own family. And I knew Alan's stories um, growing up, and, and I assumed a lot of things um, based on what he's done. Alan is um, a, a film producer, a director, a writer. He's in Los Angeles, California, uh, with his awesome fiance, Stephanie. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know how things came to be. He worked on Temptation Island. Um, he worked on a fishing boat right outside of Santa Croix. No, that's a, that's a Bob Dylan uh, song. So, but you'll hear all about this. I found it fascinating. Um, I hope you find it fascinating. And stay tuned to listen to the one and only Alan Blasberg.
1: <music>
2: So tonight we are, I, I'm like, I'm almost like as giddy as a schoolgirl, people, because I am, we are here with my cousin, Alan Blasberg and Katie, of course, I hear Katie Hello. and Alan. Hello. Yeah. So just through this whole thing, remember, it's really an audio podcast. We can see each other. So if you like nod or something like that's probably not going to
1: do it. Gotcha. Thank you.
2: So Alan, you are currently in the state of California. And I am, as, as my wife knows, as many of my friends know, I am insanely jealous that you're sitting in California. Like, I just like, that's the place to me. That's, that's the goal. Right. And like, I, and by the way, Kitty, every time I talk to Alan about this, I think I've talked about this for like 20 years and he's, and every time he, it's almost like he's like holding his head. He's like, yeah, come out. Like, it, <laughs> it's not that hard. Right. It's Stop not like some goal or like, oh man, if I could just. If I could just win the lottery, like it's like yeah, just you can do it.
3: Yeah. What's so yep. hard about it? Because of the plane. Um,
4: couple things: fires, earthquakes, <laughs> um, tsunami warnings, um, <laughs> the night stalker. Oh no, that was like thirty what? years ago. What? <laughs> You said something about a night stalker. Yeah, that guy scared me. Remember Richard Ramirez? I know oh, yes. California oh when God. I was a kid. Yes.
3: No, I'm yes. saying, but what's so hard about getting out there, Jeff? Just because of no, the No, pain no, no. No.
2: Let me let me clarify. I want to move okay. out there. I want to move I, out there.
3: Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He's been waiting for 20 I years. Don't wanna,
4: I don't want to destroy his dream. You I don't think you do, Jeff.
2: I well, let me keep living, let me keep doing that. You, you know do. what I mean?
4: Come on. Right. Thank you. Come on. <gasps> Please. Right?
2: That'd be great. Like, <laughs> it would be like that Alanis Morissette song. Like, I, you know, the plane crashed down when he was like, it's like, I get there and it's like earthquake and then he died. <laughs> like, okay.
3: It's not funny.
4: It's not going to happen. Isn't that ironic? Don't you Don't
3: think? You think? <laughs> 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 oh,
2: wait, so Alan, I assume yeah. like the time, since you've been out there for how long now? Uh
4: 2000, so 22 years
2: whoa and Stephanie's from California right
4: Stephanie was born and raised about 15 minutes from here
2: wow and to say that she's your far better half is an understatement
4: <laughs> quite the <laughs>
2: understatement yes, <laughs> yes. No I, so I had only known Stephanie on social media then I met her in person I'm like wow she's really nice I'm like you're with yeah. Him, which is what people say about my wife too like you like people are you know how like some people are like oh you married up you married up people to me are like you married up <laughs> you know what i mean like like i think you're a trash can you no. like, you know what i mean so so growing up so growing up alan and even now that you know we're technically older but not grown up you were always our family comedian. You've always been the family comedian. I'm telling you, Kitty, we would get in a room with family, and he just has people going. You've always had that skill.
4: No, all of us, all the cousins, I, I must say. That. Oh, please. Jeff and Michael. When they my get brother. together, it's ridiculous. It's
2: uh oh by the way, Alan. Cousins. Yes. My brother said I told him about a half an hour ago that we're interviewing you. He goes, yeah. Tell Alan I said this show has now officially jumped the shark. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Beautiful. I listened to some of Paul's interview. Yeah,
1: yeah. You that remember when cool. we interviewed
2: my nephew, Katie? Yeah, was, yeah, of it, course. Yeah, yeah. How could I forget a it, it is you know what it is funny. It, when when the cousins get together, it's I, it's it's Really Ridiculous. funny. I mean, like, you you can't even breathe. You're laughing so hard. Yeah. You know? All so this, one, is this yeah. your
3: mom's side or your dad's side, Jeff?
2: My mom's side. Okay. My mom's side. Yeah. 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 So, Alan's mom is cousins with my mom. You know?
1: Cousins?
2: Uh, cousins? Yeah. Okay. Right?
4: First cousins married uh, brothers.
2: Yeah. First Island cousins married brothers. Okay. Right? So... Yeah, I, my, my uncle, my uncle is probably really my father, but nobody's telling <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> So oh I don't boy. know.
4: <laughs> I'm going to so, withhold. withhold uh, okay. Yes, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so so you you like me, you know, I you, you're like, um, I don't even know where to begin. You have always been interested in film and TV, just like me. But unlike me, you went to pursue it right and so like you've been out there you so so I was telling Kitty a little bit of your background in TV and movies you know with pink and blue which we'll get to and um, so have, have you all like is you know it's funny because I know a lot of the answers because I happen to know you but I for our audience have you always been interested in film like from as far back as you can recall you always wanted to be a gangster
4: I've always wanted to be a gangster, always. (laughs) Right, right. No question. (laughs) What is it about growing up uh, Jewish East Coast that you just want to be a mobster, right?
1: I know, I know, I know, I know, you're right.
4: It always looked cool in the movies. I actually, you know what? I always wanted to do comedy. One problem, stage fright. So you two- coming from the stage and theater and acting. Yeah. I just, ne- I did it uh, actually up in, uh, up in Rochester, there was an open mic night that I used to do when I was there. And a couple of times, it went well the first couple of times. Um, and then I bombed as Santa Claus, but I didn't give a shit because I had the <laughs> full gear on so no one could see. Yeah. Me, so it really didn't matter. Um, and I never pursued it. And then I was driving the ice cream truck, met somebody from the ice cream truck where the door got kind of, uh, he opened the door for me and I kind of kicked it open. I had experience shooting. You know, I worked my way up from shooting camera up to producing mm-hmm. and went out to California and, um, you know, for Temptation Island was the first one, Jeff. Oh
2: my god! Um, and that I one- I told went- you, I told you, Kate. But
3: I remember watching that in my college dorm room. Like I vividly remember being like, the next episode on. Like
2: I love that. Wait, I want to like, slow down. Wait, I want to navigate this interview because there's God. so much. To, there's so much. There's a treasure trove of information here. Okay. So, so let me back. Let me back up a little bit. So, so you did stand up comedy in Rochester, by the way. And Katie can attest to it because she was there. I did stand up comedy <laughs> in Rochester like, too. And I, was I changed my in name the to audience, Je- Jeff. Right, oh. Jeff Richards. Jeff Richards. Jeff
1: Richards. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and I I, just like you, the first time I honestly got off the stage and so many people were complimenting me. I'm like, well, obviously, this is my new career. Obviously, I then went up. I went up the next week. It was crickets. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. Never doing this again. So 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 did you think at that time when you thought about, okay, I'm not going to do stand up or something like that? Did you think about writing comedy?
4: It was never writing. I had always been around the camera. My father owned yes. a small production company in Connecticut. And I, right. would always, I would always pick up the camera, you know, family vacations, whatever it was back then, high eight, eight millimeter, whatever it was. I just loved it. It was, it, yeah. it came natural to me. And then um, I interned for broadcast New York up in Malta when I was driving the yep. ice cream truck and yep. They um there was a position available for a shooter and yeah. I wanted the job. I was driving the truck and I wanted off the truck at any cost. Um oh really?
2: I want to go back to that,
1: but go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's,
4: it's a cool story and I'll I'll condense yeah. it. But um there was a story on funeral home fraud in just outside uh, New Pulse area, uh, the Florida funeral I was home. Gonna say what? We both yeah, said, of new course.
1: course. We both like,
4: new Paltz. <laughs> new um, Always blame it on New Paltz. So, of course. When in doubt. So this guy had, uh, you know, he'd been brought up on charges and all these people were saying he was uh, absconding with money and just fraudulent funeral home practices and charging these people like $15,000 for caskets that, that didn't need it. And, it bothered me it just really made me yeah, sick the yeah, story yeah. you know what i mean and sure. no one had a picture of this guy all they had to go on was he was little and i was like oh that's that's brilliant he's little okay i'm going to go to a town and look for a little guy <laughs> so i went down with a camera hey you
1: what,
4: what? <laughs> are you are you you're little <laughs> okay. I'm 5
1: <laughs> little guy smile.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want a gumball, Mister. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> That's why you got me the
2: ice cream truck to look
4: for little. People. <laughs> look for little people. <laughs> little. So I went down with the intention of getting getting some video of this guy. Um, and I'll, I'll his name will the name of the funeral home I know was Flynn and um Thomas Flynn maybe. Um, okay. So I went to where he had one of uh, the funeral homes, and I was walking around, and I had a camera in my hand. And the window opens up from the second floor, and it was this woman. And she said, "Can I help you?" And I said, "Yeah, you know my grandmother's sick. I'm looking to make arrangements. Um, I know the owner's Thomas Flynn is he available to speak with?" She's like, "No, he's in transition. He'll be here tomorrow. Why don't Why don't you come here at whatever it was, 10 o'clock in the morning?" So 10 o'clock the next morning. I had a little briefcase, and they had those cameras that were square, and they would flip around. Oh yeah, you yeah. yeah. three sixty. Oh, yeah. So I put it on record, and I put it in the briefcase. It was like a soft briefcase. Pulled it out, put it down. The you know the wife, um, his wife brought me into a, like a side room that morning and Whoa. said, "Just wait here for for my husband." So I take the camera out, <laughs> and my heart's racing. Right, I'm yeah. in the middle of the funeral home. Yeah. And he walks in and I picked up the camera. I was like, is it true you buried Doug Flynn's father or Doug, whatever, Kane's father, like a dog. And he puts his hand up in front of his face. Oh, like, for like, real, one of those. Yeah, oh one my of those. Gosh. And I go to the door and it's locked. And I'm like, <gasps> are you effing kidding me? Oh. And I just, the camera's still rolling around my chest. And I was like, it can't be locked from the outside. This is weird. So he wasn't a big guy, as we all know. And <laughs> I, I pulled it op- the door open. He was on the other side. and He's like, Assault- you assaulted me. You assaulted me. And his brother was there. And his brother was at like the front door. And I'm like, I'm dying right now. And they're going to just create it's ashes sick. of me. And no one will ever see oh, me again. God. So I told him to open the door. And the brother did. So I get back to uh, Saratoga and I have the footage and I show the executive producer. Well, he gets a call from the police department down wherever it was that said, I assaulted this guy. And I told the exec, Steve Rosenbaum, who's a great guy. I said, look at the tape. You know, it's, it's right there. I didn't touch him. He watched the tape. He saw I didn't touch him. We ran the story and the guy got arrested like six weeks later for, for fraud. And then wow. they offered me the job. And that was it. That was the start of everything. And man. that's
3: how you got to Temptation Island. That's
4: that is, yeah. Without wow. the credits from that, which yeah. were like AE investigative reports and biographies, um, I wouldn't have had the credits to be able to yeah. jump into. Yeah. Wait, wait.
2: Island. I still want to focus on the origin story on, the, on your origin story. So when you when you're when you're when you're there, right? You so that wasn't an assignment. You were interested in that story and you decided to take that on yourself
4: yes yes yes
2: wow and you didn't know if that would sell right you brought it to the tv station
4: correct Wait, wait 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 wait, wait. i'm sorry the origin of that the funeral home story yeah yeah that that came from one of the producers in-house of broadcast (inaudible) new york yeah 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 got it Um, got it so each week they would pitch the stories but no one had video of this guy so i took it upon myself to go chase the video of the guy correct got it Right.
2: So where was this TV station?
4: This was uh Malta. It was called oh, Broadcast New York. Malta. And it was in like 13 different uh 13 regions. Like Connecticut. I remember
2: and, I certainly remember this show. Brock. It,
4: it was uh, it was a hot button political uh political news magazine. Like back then we were doing stories on when they were trying to bring the death penalty back into New York State. So we went down to uh Green Haven Correctional Facility, I think it's Sing Sing, and uh I thought it was funny to sit in the electric chair, you know, haha. take a picture. <laughs> yeah. That night, I was so violently ill. Like, I don't know what happened, but it's a great story. It'd be a great thriller or scary movie. Yeah. Of all the killers from who were electrocuted. Yeah. Are just sucked into this one person. There you go. That's, go. That's Have scary. fun. Have at it. Write it. Go. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh so so you know I know Tony or your dad that, you know, um, oh, um, he, that's you know a blessed memory he had ca- he had ca- he had camera equipment he, you know and then you so did was it kind of like um kind of like um break it and fi- figure out how to do it like did you just self teach yourself how to use the equipment
4: yeah I'm, I'm not a technical person at all but um, with you know with a lens i'm good i know how to frame a shot i know what i look for i can follow a conversation that just kind of became second nature to me um and that was my leg up you know that that's what made me more marketable to jump to producing and that's that's what happened with when we get to temptation is what happened so
2: both both of you katie's a photographer Okay. right? As well as many yes. other things. And you're 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 more video, more videographer, right? So you both seem to have taught yourselves, like you didn't go to college where I don't think, right? Correct. And like, but yet, but yet, there are people I know that did that don't even do it. And you guys both do it and taught it yourselves. So like, um, I, I really mean this. and And sorry, if it sounds like layman, but like, did you have to learn like, you know, like zoom in and zoom out, or this doesn't work and oh that looks crappy, but this doesn't. Like, did you did you do and, and for Katie, you too? Like, did you was it just kind of like, oh my god, this looks horrible. Now I know what not to do, or like how did you guys about go you, about it?
3: I mean, for me, I think those nuances that keep improving as you go on change, right? Like you learn your depth of field better and you learn how to obtain the you know, the bokeh you want in a still shot or <clears throat> what focal length you prefer and how to, I mean, but I do think to your point, when you know how to frame a shot, I think some yeah. of that is, is just uh, a, a, a God given natural talent. I, whatever you want to call it. I do think right. that there are nuances that you develop better that improve. I think over time with every session, every shot, yeah. every experience and project. Right. I mean, do you agree?
4: I totally agree. I I I think you it's in you, part of it, you know, when, yeah. when it comes yeah. to the equipment and scenes for the video side of things. Um and then you learn you add little tricks, you know, to to your bag and learning from other people a little bit. Right. Um and and I knew that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was shoot. Yeah. Um because I I don't enjoy the technical side of things, not an yeah. editor. I'm just I don't think with that side of my brain I'm the yep. creative side. Um, yep. So I, I, I can make my way around the camera still. I still shoot my own stuff you know when it's when it's you know pitch decks or things like that. Um, I still trust myself in that realm um, but but any big projects no, I, I stay away from the technical. yeah
2: so how, how did you then decide to go let me say it this way did you go out to California to pursue this? this idea of like getting involved in, you know, the motion picture industry or television industry, or like you didn't want to become a cameraman, obviously. Right. Right. And you, and as I know for many years now, I mean, you, you have ideas on top of ideas on top of ideas before breakfast. So like, what did, what did you go out there to start to pursue that?
4: I was driving the ice cream truck in upstate New York. I was interning, interning at broadcast New York. And I yep. met this woman, Claire, on the truck. And I was putting together, we had shot an indie film in 95 about ice cream truck drivers. I was
2: just <laughs> going to say ice cream truck.
4: It's called Cream. And, right. I'm, and through the pandemic, I've been looking at it. And it's basically, it's one of two things. A hoop dreams of ice cream truck drivers movies or a documentary of a failed ice cream truck movie.
1: Right. Right, right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So we shot that and we were playing around. Um, and then uh so I met Claire on the truck and she said, What do you do on the off season? She was wearing a real world t-shirt at that. And I said, You know somebody from the real world. She goes, My brother's one of the producers. And she goes, What do you do? I told her we were trying to put the film together. She said, If you go out to California, look them up. Sure as shit. I went out to California that. That next, I was coming out to visit and I looked him up. He was so cool. He was with his dad. He's a Saratoga guy. Um, He he couldn't have been any cooler. Like like all the shitheads in in LA you hear about, this was the antithesis. Like he was just welcoming me into his family. I was like, I wanna work for that guy. So I went back to the truck and the next summer, and you know, he said, I can get you all the video jobs you want. And I didn't want video jobs. So yeah. the next summer I saw his sister, uh, I was doing the truck and I said, say hi to your brother. I get a call two hours later, I'm on the truck. And, uh, and he said, Tom, Cola Maria, he said, Alan, uh, my sister said to give you a call. I said, I didn't say, call. I just wanted to say hi, see how you're doing. He goes, well, uh, actually I held the phone out the window to the music player and i said get me off this fucking truck would you and he goes that's why i'm calling why don't you come out as my assistant and in two <sighs> weeks and that was it packed the truck wow. up and i was gone in two weeks and became his assistant for about a month and the universe just opened up man it just everything <laughs> happened the way it was supposed to happen like yeah i can't even describe the things that happened and, and, and how it happened. And like, I didn't plan it. Like you ask, did I plan, did I make these yeah things? No, I didn't. I put it out to the universe. Did I expect it to happen? No, but it did. So, you know, I, I was his assistant. And then with the credits from, from Broadcast New York, you know, it was um, segment producing, basically. It was shooting yep. and segment producing. So we put yep, the resume yep. together. They hired me as one of the one of the people for Temptation, one of the segment producers. I did Mandy's story, who had the red hair, if you remember.
3: Um, it's been a few years, but I
4: watched yeah, it It's been a while. Um, and it blew up, it was a number one show. And I was like, oh yeah, great. Every other show is gonna be number one like this too. But it yeah. was a crazy experience down in Belize. We lost two crew members in a category four hurricane. Um, I mean, it oh, was wow. just, it was, it was nuts. And, and so Alan,
1: to,
2: Alan yeah. how, 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 how did that happen? Like, how did, how, did you apply to be on temptation? Island? Did they call you? Was it just an opportunity?
4: Tom was producing it. Tom Cola Maria.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. and That was Claire's brother.
4: Um, and he said to me, I, I want you to be my assistant and there might be an opening. We're going to this Island let's see how you do. He didn't know how I worked. So after three or four weeks, I got hired as a segment producer, and then uh, crushed it down there. And then when I got back after the hurricane and everything, the executive producer called me and he goes, "Um, you've done trailers for networks before, right? I go, of course. He goes, well, why don't you come in and do the trailer for temptation for Fox? You know, uh, six weeks before that, I was, I was selling bomb pops in upstate New
3: <laughs> right. York. Right, fake it till you make it type it, thing. I mean, how, uh, did, I was, that was going to be my next question. How the hell did yeah. you know what you were doing
4: exactly.
3: and you just jump into that role? I mean, what did you do?
4: I knew camera, right? So I knew yeah. my, my way around camera. So I knew the shots I wanted so I could direct a crew. That was the easy part. And then it was just talking to people, asking them questions trying to get them to just emote basically you know get them and i must say this is reality before the bullshit reality yeah they wired this island and they let it go the only setups they did was like if it was a big i don't know uh, event around a pool and they had to you know walk the group in a couple of times they would play it back other than that no one screwed with reality it was locked down that island it really was it was a great experience man
2: so wow. were you, at one point when you're there like especially when you first get there it bleeds It's bleeds mm-hmm. yep were you at one point even like at night when you're like in bed or something are you like i'm fucking here man i'm doing this 150
4: yeah. percent. i yeah. went down like three weeks early with tom so i yeah. was the person who got to He was like, do you want to scout the date locations that people will be doing? And I was like, yeah. So I got the inside track on what I could do when I brought Mandy on dates, body shots at this Maruba resort, things like that. So it was just like it was it was, you know, the water was crystal and it warm and and I looked down and my but it just all worked, you know. Yeah. I, it, everything lined up in the universe wow. for all of that so to
1: happen.
2: This I mean, show, Temptation Island, was already a success when you joined it, or was it like no, this was,
4: was like the first, the first
3: season? First- that was the first, first season.
2: season.
4: Yeah. Were
3: there additional?
4: There were, but 9 uh, um crushed. Two came out sure. about a week before 9 and no one, obviously, no one gave a shit right. about reality television. Right. Other things right. were more important. Um, and ah. then I think they did a third. Um, uh, so I went, I did one and two, and basically that's all you need to do if, if you produce, you know, you do the first season, second season, and then get out, do something else. Um, the third season, um, the second season was, sorry, 9-11. Third season, I didn't go back. And then they've been doing it the last four or five years again as well. I think it's really? on USA or, or something oh, like
3: that. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, so, I, so I remember here- that first
3: season well.
2: You do for real?
3: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's it.
2: amazing. So, so a couple of questions for you, reality yeah. television questions. So, so one of the things that I'm almost embarrassed to ask, I'm like, reality television has been around for so many years now. It's like, maybe I shouldn't even ask this anymore. But ask when, it. Okay, so when, when there's a scene, right, and they cut to somebody like, I am so pissed at Joe because like, and then they cut back to Joe. How do they do those? Sh- like, do, do you have the person watch that scene and react as if it's live time?
4: like what show for instance are you,
2: um, you do, uh... I don't, um I don't know like I guess like the real world or something like like for instance like you're in the kitchen they're cooking and somebody's pissing somebody off and they literally cut away to what looks like a confession booth like I am so pissed at Joe because like he put too much olive oil in this and he knows and then they cut back how did they do those reaction shots
4: they interview. They interview after, and they bring you through everything that happened. You don't and then see they it. have
3: you talk in present tense. Correct. In present tense.
4: Correct. Keep it in present tense. Exactly yeah. right. Um, which Got gets it. tricky sometimes with the shows because yeah. it's like present past tense. But you try to always keep it in the present, so then people are there's no problem, and and yeah. and everybody, whatever the show is, knows exactly what's happening with everybody. So yeah. they know what happened in the kitchen who used what knife and, you know, too much. So so
2: you, you were assigned to, what was her name? Brandy. Mandy. 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 Does that, so I have to assume others were assigned to other people.
4: Yeah. So my, uh, Mandy was my person that I produced and there was a producer for each, uh, for each of the couples. There were four couples. So eight total. So eight segment producers, I was one of those. And Mandy's story just really was, was, I think uh, I, to be a little humble, um, you know, it was great. It was fucking yeah. it was, it was, uh, it crushed, I think the other stories or just as good, but she was a breakout, you know, her and Billy had this great relationship and got tested and they both lost their shit. And it was just good reality television yeah. back then when when so, you tried to stir things up.
3: So I have to ask, what's your... What's your take now on re- the way reality TV has shifted? Because you've alluded to it a little, and I think I know the answer, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on some of it. And I know well, you we think? have a lot to cover, but I'm curious.
4: No, no, that's all right. Um,
3: well, uh, you know, ahead. no, I want to hear it. <laughs>
4: um, I want to pay things forward now, Um that show people knew what they were getting into there were no tricks there were no there was no oh look what's behind door number three so i was okay with that i've done other shows where you know meet my folks and marry my dad which were comedies for nbc where they were a little more scathing to people and reputation and things like that Mm -hmm. um and in fact (coughs) excuse me um I felt badly because we would reveal bad facts about some of these kids. They would mm-hmm. try to date, you know, um, it was like, uh, meet the fuckers. You, you get, you go through the parents, sure. you try to date their, their yeah. child. And if you screwed up, we would reveal bad facts. So some of those things were pretty scathing. I felt guilty. And after one of the shoots, the executive producer walked up, he goes, what's wrong? And I said, I'm just feeling like shit. I feel like we just, yeah didn't do like karmically he's like they are cards on a board and i was just like yeah
1: yeah it didn't make
4: me feel so good you know (laughs) it was it was it was not a great environment to uh to work in at that that time it was most unhealthy i've been i think Mm -hmm. um ever but Mm -hmm. it taught me what not to do in certain things and it, it definitely it it strengthened my game, that's for sure. But now, um, you know, I, I tend to look for projects that pay it forward, that can help people make people think, uh, laugh. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm in more DACO world now than mm-hmm. the reality world. Um, and, and looking in the working on scripted as well. But the, the well, I'll get there, but the latest greatest is a spelling bee project that uh, Peacock and uh, Scripps are both kind of jawing after, which is spelling
2: great. Be- spelling bee, the musical or spe- uh, actual spelling bee?
4: The national spelling bee, yeah, down at the oh. Scripps national spelling bee. Um, it's about uh, the coaches, this one coach in particular, uh, Cole Schaefer Ray, who, who coached Zayla garde the girl who won it last year. Yes. Um, she's incredible. She's got like three Guinness right. world records. Yeah. Um, so I found him and then from there, uh, the students and other coaches and we brought it to different networks and networks don't move fast. You know, yeah. Disney plus couldn't move fast. Um, paramount, you know, it's, it will take them a year to gear up. So, um, sure. moving in the right direction, which is great. And we've had some great development calls, which That's is, awesome.
2: you know, yeah. When uh, let me ask, you, like getting back to the reality television, we're, and we'll move on from that. But um, at when you were doing it, right? How you you said they pretty much were like, "This is what it is." We've wired up the island. You know, maybe there's some stage shots, but besides that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna focus on reality. Hope for the best, how, yeah. How you know not to get uh, Make not to work best. not to work blue here, but like how reality does it get? Like meaning. I assume there's many things that the audience doesn't see, right? That you cut out. Like, are you, well, I, two, it's two parts. The first one is like, are the cameras always on? Like always, always. And you just edit out the stuff that like too hot for TV type of thing. It never, or, too, really, or, or, or too private for TV, like bathrooms. And stuff? Yeah.
4: Bathrooms. They don't shoot. They don't shoot okay. bathroom. So if, if, if a couple wanted to have sex, they'd go to a bathroom. I don't think they ever did, but uh, that would, like everybody, you know, was sneaking around trying not to get caught by you know the <laughs> cameras. It was right. like I don't know how to explain it. It was just <laughs> yeah, no, no. grown yeah. adults. Um, but yeah, everything was wired and shot, um, but it was never so over the top, you know, sexual. You know, a like Temptation Island, at least. You know, they made condoms available, but I don't know if anybody you know, even had sex um, that we knew yeah. about. I assume
1: you about.
2: certainly didn't.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: no, nothing. Nothing. Um, and, that, and then the other thing is, as, as a producer or, you know, including your fellow producers, are you told not to get involved? Like, are you told, like, whatever happens, just keep shooting?
4: Yeah, it depends. I mean, um, you follow the action, right? Um, yeah. Mandy freaked out one time ran to the bathroom she's like I can't do this anymore but that makes great that make great television you know right. Billy's saying if you follow me I'm gonna knock the camera out of your hands you know things like that right. um, so you follow the action until it becomes like a danger or something like that where right. um, I did I directed Wife Swap um, oh wow and was, uh, that's a, another story but I directed a couple episodes, but one was in Texas. And these two brothers, young kids, were punching each other in the face, in the back of a car, in the middle of a – it was a laundromat. And the cops pull up, and I I stopped the kids because I was like, that's, that's the only time I've kind of, like, yeah. jumped into something, you know? Because right. it's like, w- what's kind of going on? And I just – it didn't feel right. It was like, really? <laughs> I'm doing this right. for – For ratings, like, I didn't feel right. Didn't feel right.
2: Wow. So, so after Tentation Island, do you, when you're in that world, are you like, this is great? I don't know what's going to come next, or if something's come next, or do you start networking for the next step?
4: Start networking. And I picked up an agent, which was, which was key. Um, uh, it just started schmoozing. I was just on that whole, you know, that whole schmooze, you know. I think yeah. uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg, the host, not not Marky Mark, the other Mark Wahlberg. Other um, yeah. I think he connected me with an agent. And then you just go out for different jobs. And I think I was doing development for Mike Fleiss, who created The Bachelor. I was doing um, a high school reunion. And then from there, it was meet my folks. And then I was up in the Bering Sea on the documentary, the documentary that launched Deadliest Catch. And it just... You know, it just kind of yeah. rolled from there.
2: So, at what point do you? So, I'm going to move on to pink and blue, right? And yeah. um, what? No, just for a second. I want to hear about a coughing fit. What?
4: I want to hear the story about a cough. Was that you or Jeff? I mean, you were my uh, I'm Jeff.
2: I feel that, very close with you. That, 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 you know, you're like, <laughs> is that you or Jeff?
4: Give me a break. It's the brain. It's a little okay, slower nice. nowadays.
2: Um, um no, that, it was that, Michael. that was my brother. Um, he had a Are coughing you? fit while in the car and crashed the car. Yeah. And um, you know, he said he blacked out. So but, I thought
4: it was you. Okay, moving on. No, it wasn't
2: me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Okay. I have much I have much more uh, shadier stories. But that's when my <laughs> interv- that's when my interview comes up. We're not focused on me. <laughs> So the I thing like is, to turn so, it,
1: man. Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
2: I see that. I see that. So, so, um, do you then decide I want to get into documentary films?
4: Um, I've always been interested. Like, temptation was docu follow in my eyes, right? So yep. that kind of progressed. I've always been interested in 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 a good story. Like, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm a story junkie. Like nothing. Yep. Gets me off more than a good story, right? Yeah, okay,
2: and, and, yep. Huh? <laughs> no, I, call me later. I'll tell you
1: a bedtime story. <laughs> Thank
4: you. Um, so, uh, when did I kind of fall? Well, the Bering Sea, it was called America's da- Most Dangerous, Deadliest Jobs, Alaskan King Crab Fishing. That was a hardcore documentary. It was a four hour doco for Discovery that turned into Deadliest Catch. That really started really... Um,
2: but at one uh, point when you're in, the, where what's where are you at this point? Where geographically... in the Aleutian
4: Islands, up in Alaska.
2: So when you're there, you're like, Jews don't do this. You know Jews what I mean? Don't do <laughs> Jews don't
4: do that. Jews don't do that. In fact, like, yeah, my are mother like, was like, what?
2: This is too <laughs> reality, too reality.
4: Dude, it's like, I'm could so- you imagine? Jews on the Mayflower
2: oh no no let me see your manager Uh,
4: (laughs) uh, forget about it forget about it forget about it
2: wait so like I mean you're you know you're 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 really like I understand for time you're going through things but like these are huge these are huge undertakings huge shows like and like you're traveling to the ends of the earth it sounds like and like you just, I mean, it doesn't even dawn on you. You're just like, okay, wherever it is, I'll go. Wherever,
4: it's fine. Yeah, no, I don't think too many people wanted that gig up in, in the Bering <laughs> Sea, I must say. 30, <laughs> foot, 30 foot waves um, and it was, that was a life changer, oh. you know what this I mean? This was
3: for, I'm sorry, for Deadliest Catch?
4: Yeah, Discovery Channel. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was no, my show, uh, What? I,
3: I know it well.
4: Deadliest oh, okay. Um, it was It was called, um, it was a four-hour doc called America's Deadliest Season or Jobs, um, Alaskan King Crab Fishing, and that turned into 18 Seasons of Deadliest Catch. Um, Wow. And I don't think many people wanted the gig, because my agent was like, really, you want it? Okay. And then I told my (laughs) parents, and I didn't know much about it until I read a book about it, and then I was like, "Eh, I don't know about this. It's it's, really good. It was intense. I mean, it was yeah. really intense. Like 30 foot waves, like I said, coming over the wheelhouse. Oh. And and you just I didn't eat for 10 days, just throwing up in a Gatorade bottle. The fishermen are all making fun of us because they're like, yeah,
1: that's yeah, a good shirt," okay. sure.
2: You know
4: what I mean? Yeah. Oh. It was wow. Nice.
2: Wait, so so in a way, yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, you were working a reality show, so it was documenting,
4: right? So, yeah.
2: but, yeah. but so.
4: That was a progression so, to Pink and Blue.
2: Right, so how did you decide to do that movie? So, well,
4: so almost, can you
2: actually, for, for people that don't yeah. know about it, can you tell the audience what it is?
4: Yeah, Pink and Blue um, is a documentary that we did, a group of us, um, on the BRCA mutate, genetic mutation. It's one probably most people know because Angelina Jolie had it. Um, she had prophylactic double mastectomies because it puts you at a higher risk of certain cancers. Um, and my sister, Sammy, Karen, Sammy, um, had in 2008, Valentine's Day, I was with her. She was out in California living with me. We went and um, went for a mammogram or the results of a mammogram. They said she had breast cancer. And then from there, it was just slow motion for the next three years and learning about all of it, you know, and and when you're in hospital time, you're in just a different, you know, and you're just in a different universe. You know, it's a parallel universe and, you know, things are happening in the real world, but nothing really matters in the real world. It's kind of what's happening here. So I got, you know, I was trying to go east work west and then i got in a relationship with stephanie who turns out she was a breast cancer survivor um and her cancer came back the exact same day my sisters came back um within like three hours of each other i was in albany and we were going into an olive garden i think no cheesecake factory and uh stephanie called and she's like i hate to say this because i know your sister's cancer came back i want to be honest mine came back as well. And I was just like, I was just, I didn't know what to do. I was just totally.
2: I didn't, I didn't know that.
4: Yeah. Um, that was, uh, intense. So then I started coming East and West trying to help where I could, you know, with yeah. what they were going through and just doing the best I could with what I had to work with. Um, and obviously eventually, and unfortunately, and, a life changer was losing Sammy, uh, 2011. Um, and it just was devastating. It just changed perspective on my life. Uh, losing aunt Carol first was the most devastating thing. Um, she was just the epitome of coolness and openness and guidance and, you know, and, and,
2: she was there for
4: all of us. Yeah, she was. And um, and and that was the first fracture in the family. But the second yeah. one was was my sister. And you just you don't recoup and things change. You know, your focus becomes different when you lose people yeah. and what's important in life and what's not. And I realized, you know, it's cool in all these shows and shit like that, but I lost a lot of time with people. You know what I mean? That I can't yeah. get back and right i don't regret any of it because i have had a wild ride but i wish i could have uh paused a little more you sure. know taking yep. it a little yep. a, a, mo- a little more in because you lose sure. track out here you do yep. lose track quickly you know and yeah. and i don't like that i looking back i, I that's you know i'm that's the one thing that kind of gets me but so um with pink and blue um, a couple years after Sammy passed, I think Lisa was said to somebody, oh, Alan's making a movie. I was like, what? And, and that was it. <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, let's do a Kickstarter. And from the Kickstarter, right. everything happened again. Like I'm a big universal energy person and yep. I think things happen for a reason. If you put it out there, I think things radiate in the universe and, and it comes back to you. Um, and with that, um, when we started the Kickstarter, uh, an executive producer came through, Amy Byer shaman stepped up and said, it's affecting my family. It's killed people in my family. Um, I want to be the executive producer. Let's put this movie together. And she was there from the beginning, right from, you know, three weeks in until still today, when we're looking at doing a, a, a PP2, Pink and Blue 2. Um, but it was a wild ride, man. I met really great people and really heartfelt stories. And, you know, it it was intense. It was not a story I wanted to tell because it was so personal. I didn't want to put myself in there. I didn't want to be part of it. And then when I realized that I had no choice, I just said, F it, you know what? If if, If it can help somebody else, anybody, I'm in, you know, I have to, I have no choice. So that was it. And there were a lot of tears, a lot of smiles, but it was rough, man. I mean, it was like five of us putting on a feature film and in, in I think it did three or four years. Um, it took every second of every day for a long time to, to make that happen, you know, so.
2: So, so. so, I mean, you know, I've seen the film and like, you know, and you, um, you know, you premiered it in a lot of different places, right? Yeah. Or, or I don't know if it's called premiered, but like yeah. you, you've showed it a lot of different places. You know, I mean, it was at one point it's almost hard to track where you weren't showing it. You were showing up at this festival and that festival and stuff. And you know, the, let's let's take you know the story of it is so important, but let's remove that for a second. Just the fact that you you did this movie right and what was that experience like of, of like bringing it around all you know you pretty much brought it around the country and you know i know our cousin steven showed up in chicago for the yeah. uh, for that for that so like what was that experience like of like you made a film and now you're moving around with it
4: uh, surreal to say the least because of the topic um yeah so it 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 still is very surreal to me like i don't think of it Like, I think of it as our story, you know, our family story and things like that. Obviously, it's a film, um, but it's very, uh, it was weird when somebody would come up to me and say, oh, you know, now, it was weird that they'd say they knew me from the film. It was great when they said, oh, somebody in our family tested because we saw the film. That was- that was, that's, what
2: I, that's what I was going to ask you. Did, did you yeah. see, a, did you, well, hopefully you did, but did you see a lot of that or hear a lot of that? Like people saying, you know, thank you because of this.
4: Yeah. And that that's priceless, man. Like that. Yeah. I could never put a dollar amount or anything on the work I put in for one of those. And many people, many families said, listen, You open up uh, eyes to my father, my brother, my sister, whomever it may be. And this is from, you know, from we've we've screened in Iceland to Alaska to, you know, everywhere in between. And it's hit different people. And actually, just last week, we closed a a deal for the film to go to three hundred and seventy five libraries. The National Medical Library put put three films in a kit a genetics kit and one was pink and blue so i was i was pretty stoked
3: incredible what an honor what an honor
4: yeah i was blown away
2: um if people want to watch it like from home are they able to is there a streaming service they can find it on
4: yeah we we had it up on the big streamers and then it was just like it was ridiculous so there's a vimeo connect i could connect you with um and look at the end of the day if people want to see it and they're hard-pressed to afford it. I, I send them a link, so it's all good. You know, Yeah, no, great,
1: great, um, great. Yeah, so I'd be, like to watch it again.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, of so, course, you know, now it's like, oh, I'd like to cut 20 minutes there. I'd like to... You always want to do something... Sure,
1: different. it's your art,
2: right. Yeah. So, so actually, on my list of questions, one of the things I was going to say is, you know, do you, if you plan on following up? And you mentioned there might be a part two.
4: There, Yeah, um, I've wanted... We, we shot some really great stories that didn't make it because our schedule to edit was ridiculous. I had like yeah. one editors. Most features have editors, assistants, 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 assistants. So we had some really great stories that didn't make it to one that are still topical today, if not even more so, like uh, trans health, um, some stories in, in that realm. Um, you know, what fascinates me is a lot of people – uh, pushed off their protocols and their treatments for the pandemic, uh, for the cancer treatments, because their fear of the pandemic. And that, yeah. that, that interests me oh. and saddens me in the same respect. Um, and there's, so, there's about four or five other stories. Uh, I kind of want to do a cancer, chron- uh, cancer chronicles, you know, a, a, verite, lo- a verite look at, at different people's stories across the world um and we've been lining those stories up for a little bit now so we're gonna we'll see we'll see where it where it comes but i can't so it the same way i did it the last time i'll 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 croak
2: literally so an important question that comes to mind is will the sequel be called pink and blue electric boogaloo
4: it will be in fact (laughs) you're not the first person i must say (laughs) really Unfortunately, the fir- the gentleman who said it first, Dave Bushman, was a huge advocate in the BRCA world. He passed yep. away from COVID. Oh Jesus! Um, early on, he was an older gentleman, but he passed away early on. And I'll never forget, like he won this big award, um, and he was from New York. So it was like, I, I can't believe they gave me this award. And it was I feel like I'm a Jay Z. And and my wife's the Beyonce of the BRCA world. I mean, it's <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. And and what you should do is a uh, pink and blue to electric. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, so now you have you. You're in good company. Yeah, exactly. You're in good. Do
2: you, do you think? Do you think? Well, two things. Do you um? Do you see yourself doing a documentary? on a different subject Are there other subjects that, you know, interest you that you might want to take
1: on.
4: Definitely. There's, there's actually a bunch I'm working on. You need to push projects out here. Like yeah. my mentor said, if you're in this business for one good idea, you're in the wrong business. So it's pushing yeah. as much as you can at different times. Yeah. Um, and I actually have a, a, a I'm working on. We say New Pulse, um, but there's a story um in the area i can't really get into it right now no no totally but uh it has to do with bullying on a collegiate level um in teams um and that's one Daco that really uh has been fascinating me um for a while to do um and there's a couple nfl players that have been got got involved um and Actually, one of them is Jared Bunch. He used to play for the Giants. And Jared Jared was um, molested at the University of Michigan. And men don't talk about it, you know, as much. It's not prevalent in society like male breast cancer, pink and blue. We brought up male breast cancer, higher percentage of men dying from breast cancer than women. People don't know that people don't know that. You know, you look at this NFL player and you think he's this tough guy, but guess what? Shit happens to everybody. Yeah. unfortunately, yeah. bad things, yeah. you know. So, yeah. you know opening yeah. up stories and, and things like that, um, blanking a little. but um there's there's two scripts in the comedy world that I really want to do. so um, that's what
2: my next question was yeah. is is do you see yourself ever going from documentary to narrative? You know what I mean? So like like, you yes. know an actual like with actors and script you know
4: yes um that's where i'm trying to move now and during the pandemic i've been making inroads to those people it's almost like having to start not over again but use your connects because if you're seen a certain way out here like if you do this type of producing you're kind of in that realm install stall um and you know, I've, I've had a very eclectic career, so mm-hmm. it, it helps me move that way easier than I think somebody else. Uh, but yes, I do wanna move into the scripted world and have projects that I'm actually pitching now in the scripted world. We're trying to raise money now.
2: Wow. Well, let, let, me say, let me say this. Um, I happen to know a cousin of yours that acts sometimes. So if you ever need an actor, you know, Michael. call, Steve, call I was, Steve. I said Steven. Steven. Yeah, Steve. Right, right. And by the way, <laughs> yes. um, Katie um, um, is a script writer. She's a screenplay writer. She oh, has cool, written cool. screenplay. Yeah. So I guess the whole thing is just we're actually pitching you.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. This was the whole point. To, I'm going to actually. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> no, well. no, Katie, tell. talk to alan tell share with alan
1: talk to me come on
2: come on so no so she did she did this show called i'm gonna talk for you she did this this show called the end and i and my joke is i always start it and i'm like did i finish it it's the end okay (laughs) so anyways it's what genre is it again
3: we don't have to go there listen it's a show i want to well, it's a Digi-series <laughs> that a friend of mine was producing, and its it, he does faith-based work. And he called me over the pandemic and said, hey, are you still writing? Because I had written a book years ago. He did like a trailer for me. And I said, yeah, well, right now I'm doing nothing like the rest of us. I'm in a bathrobe with five kids in my house all the time. Well, <laughs> you know, what else? I can't take pictures. Um, so he, he said, hey, I have an idea for a script, and do you want to write it? And I said, I've never written a, a script, but... I'll take a stab at it, and I did, and it it went really well, and he produced it and shot it and um, put it on Amazon Prime, and then Pure Flix bought it. So Pure Flix, Pure Flix bought the first season and second season, but I discovered that I actually can write a script, and I enjoy it, and so oh, Jeff incredible. is being very kind, but this was, like, not... So, a,
1: that, so to both, oh, to both huge, of you... huge, though.
4: How do you know, it, how do you know to what, what to... know get it made like, and sold is huge on your first phone. Ellen? Yeah.
2: How did you know, like when you, when you, did you script? I mean, you can't script a documentary, right? Or did, yeah. did you have like, oh, uh, so did. like for Pink and Blue, did you yeah. kind of have a, you did? We had
4: 110, you, yeah, we had 110 page script. Um, Sue Bailey was a primary writer on it, um, strong writer, but we definitely blocked it out because without that script and those pieces, uh, yeah. the editing process would have been, I shot a shitload. That was so, that's the one problem coming from the shooting world too. I love shooting yeah. a lot, you know, and yeah. editors don't like that so much. Yeah. So I'm an I overshooter
3: as well in the photography world. I yeah. overshoot yeah. Them and I and I edit. So then I'm like, why did I do
1: this? Exactly. Um, but but yeah. my
3: question is, when you're scripting something like that, where I'm I'm assuming, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really looking forward to watching it. Is it you know a lot of interview uh, based right? So if you have a script, is it just um, guidance right. yeah. and talking points, or how are you scripting? Or are you just scripting the the actual shots and you know what are you a little both well,
4: shot first and then kind of scripted to tell you the truth. So I okay. dug through the footage, yeah. did an outline and then the best of the best of got then it. She started putting Piece the story it together line. properly. Yes
1: yeah
3: that makes sense actually from my from the writing side of my brain i'm going that makes sense now that you say that right so see what you've got and let's make the story work so
4: what have you written after after you sold the first one what are you working on or
2: two
3: well two is written and they're filming this month so pureflix bought two and they're doing that i don't know i i want to do more of it i don't i don't know i don't i'm in rochester new york like what what am i doing where am i going
2: well, no. Here's my that actually that, that leads the into film Western. capital of the world. What? <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah.
1: Alan, to, after you
2: man. after you finish scripts or or whatever, like when you, or if somebody writes a script you're going to produce or whatever, how how did you learn where to go next? Like like do you meet with like what do you do? What I, I'm actually impressed that you not you but anybody knows what to do next.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Like what I'm do you still, do next?
4: I must say, no bullshit. I'm still learning that. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's every day is something different. It could be that one call you make that you just reach out to somebody, you know what I mean? Or looking up old contacts and saying, hey, what have you been up to? One of the guys I worked with that, uh, you know, I'm going to just throw a name out there. But uh, in one of the writing rooms for me, my folks, uh, Jared Bush, he uh, just wrote and produced in Kanto. You know, it's oh a little small God. film oh, like little that. little
3: movie, my yeah. Husband. You know, a
4: little one. And he did we a don't couple talk others, about it. and I'm like, holy shit, those are the people that yeah. that are a game top of the game. So look, I know TV, I know who to get to, how to pitch it, you know what I mean? Um, but it's a long process and it's it's a very you know, networks have six or seven companies that they like to work with and trust. Yeah and go to and pipe everything through that so if you're not involved in that you're kind of on the outskirts so that's been fun and great for the last 20 years but i'm a little bored of that game and i don't mean it in a bad way it's still exciting and i love creating and i you know spelling bee will pay it forward and and help kids and i want to make these kids rock stars that excites me but the other trivial bullshit of people like scathing and fighting i never yeah. I, I just don't want to be part of that yeah. you know um yeah. so uh, the short answer is still learning certain certain pieces of it to tell you the truth but but money dictates yeah. everything you know if yeah. you can get a budget unfortunately yep that's what it's all about right skip skip all the other steps jeff and you're right to okay let's make an offer to an actor you know
2: yeah. that's right wow. right is it so? The, uh, you know where you are, where you are. Kay, where I am. There's a lot of talented people everywhere, right? So, would you say that you've learned also there has to be a bit of karma, a bit of luck in in getting into things?
4: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I always say, you know, luck will get you there, talent will keep you there. You know, definitely. Um, you know, oh, don't
3: you think too? And, and this, I think this is across industries, but I think particularly for what you're saying and picking up the phone and calling people and learning every day, it's so attitude driven. And I, I, try to teach my kids that. But I, I really have learned to live by that. With age comes wisdom. You, you can't, you, you can't be successful in any industry in anything you're doing, personally, professionally, if you don't approach people with the right attitude. And some kindness and have a little grace. And I don't mean to sound cheesy or cliche, but I just really think that at the end of the day, people that aren't willing to pick up the phone and have a conversation and treat the other person as a, a with respect as just another, at a baseline, another human who deserves the utmost kindness and respect that we want for ourselves, the golden rule. I think that's at the at the foundation of success as well, right? Like no matter what you're doing.
4: Where were you 15 years ago when I needed that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I never, I never
4: burned bridges, but I was so set on getting to a certain place. Your, yeah. your head is down and you're moving and, you know, yeah. but, but there's always a kindness, obviously, but no time for stupidity. You know, sure. Out here, like if you're too slow, they just right the yeah. close out here, but you are a hundred percent, right? Like, I've taken that breath now to do things differently mm-hmm. than I did 15 years ago. Whereby it's if I come to a crossroads and the decision is make the decision I would have 15 years ago, what my gut says, or do it, do the opposite. I'm doing the opposite now. Yeah. Because the other really? way didn't work out so well. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And there's
3: a place for that. I don't want to say aggression because that has a negative connotation, but there is a pace. For- place for that passion and mm-hmm. and and going after what you want. But I do think that people are, you know, they don't understand that there's a certain attitude it takes. But when you take that edge off, passion is different than aggression. So maybe that's Definitely. a better way to say it. Right. So
4: and and listen, if you're gonna spend 12, 14, 16 hour days with people, you want to make sure they're cool, not right. bags. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> I talked to an exec last week. He said, first thing he said was, I had worked with him before. He's like, listen, man, I know you. I want to work with you again. I don't want to work with dicks. You know, yeah, that's as right. simple as that. That's
1: no one does. a huge piece of
4: all of it, man, yeah. is, is just like like you said, being cool. kind, you know, yeah. and, and being honest. You know, yeah. I play less of the game now than I ever have. And if it if it bites me in the ass, so be it. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. You know, it wasn't meant to be, so. Better, it, you're so, now, so How do you have five the, kids at 22? How does 22. that happen?
3: Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I have two, I have three step kids, and I'm 40 years
4: old.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: I heard um, your first, I heard the first podcast. I went <laughs> to
2: you, Yeah, exactly. All so right. now we, now we pivot to um, the actor studio questions. We ask everybody on every Uh-oh. podcast. And uh, so, you know, um, if I say the word soda to you, no, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, so if you could, if you could travel anywhere in time, right. And not affect that time, meaning whatever you do won't affect the future. won't affect the past. Where would you travel to? <laughs>
4: How long can I stay there for?
2: Um, That's a good- ooh, all right. All right. We right. We've never been asked that. Um, uh, one year,
4: one year. Ooh. And I can go back as myself right now, my age with my knowledge.
1: Yes. Yes.
4: I probably, Look, there's a historical aspect that I'd like to go back to the roaring 20s and see what that was all about. Me too, by the way.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
4: that would be great. I'd also like to meet some family that I never got to meet. You know, like my grandmother passed away two weeks before I was born, you know, Irma. So it'd be kind of cool to go back, you know, probably only for about a week or 10 days there. If I could skip to somewhere else, it'd be cool too. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just like,
1: I got to stay here a fucking yeah. year. I just Holy wanted to meet shit, you for like, for like a day. It's, it's
4: 1970. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Holy shit. Now I got to stay here a year. <laughs> um, But those would be my two quick answers. Like yeah, if those I are good.
2: Yeah. Um, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose?
4: Oh shit! Uh, historical meaning historical, or could it be present day, still historical types?
2: Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with past history.
4: Okay. Um, <chemical sync> ah, I don't want to seem contrite. Um. Two two two. Past mm-hmm. historical time, fig- Anytime. Anytime. Hitler and I kill him.
2: Okay. Moving on. <laughs> You're like, bada bing.
3: Move on. <laughs> There's your gangster role right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bam.
2: And wow. we're back. Circle. <laughs> um, what's the, what's the yeah. most important lesson you have learned in your career?
4: In the career, in the career, in, in work. Mm -hmm. Is uh, is don't don't take it all too seriously. Honestly, at the end of the day, sounds silly, but no, that's great. Just none of it matters. At the end of the day, none of it really matters. Well, this
2: goes. This goes back to what you said about you know what you learned. You know when your sister unfortunately passed, is you know um, it changed your whole perspective on life. Right. So
4: hundred percent, a hundred percent, everything changed from confidence in certain aspects to just the way I look at things and, and, and see things now. And it's, it's not that same laughter or that same support, you know um, I call family members before I would go to a pitch meeting, you know, fire yeah. me up a little. She was one of those people, you know, yeah. um, I missed those phone calls, um, yeah. things like that. But, but, yeah, it's it took something like that, I think, to kind of kick the shit out of me in a in a good way, in a very humbling manner. Um, I'm not yeah. happy with the historical question. I'm gonna have to think
1: about all that. Right. One all right, all right, we
2: can come back yeah. to that, yeah. but that could be a PS all because right. I have two final questions for you, yeah. which is which is really a, a three partner. Uh, tell oh, me nice. t- <laughs> sections A, B, and C. Um, can you tell me the three most influential people in your life, living past? I assume not future. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That'd be a, quite awkward. Um, <laughs> the,
2: the robot in twenty forty seven, really.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the most influential people yes. in my
1: life. Yes.
4: Um. Stephanie's got to be one of them. Um, Absolutely. No question about that. From just, just she's just a fucking hero, you know. Just the shit she's been through and the way she walks through things. Um uh who else? Um you said heroes or people most influential, most influential. Uh influential. Um who directed what the hell's his name? Who directed uh Oh, God. It's like uh, Before Sunrise, After Sunset. Oh, um,
2: yeah. Was that Ethan Hawke?
4: Yeah, that was the movie, but uh, weird name director.
2: Oh, um, I'll find out.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Jump to remember. the third. What? <laughs> Jump to Jump to third. your third one.
2: Influential? Um,
4: oh, influential. Right now, who's influential? Yeah. Um, I gotta say, in the last couple years, influential. um, It sounds weird. Yeah. But I'm gonna say, Fauci. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I
4: I don't, you know. And
2: by the way, the other one was Richard Linklater.
4: Linklater. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'm gonna pass on that one. I don't know. These, I need a little more thought on, on some of these. I uh, uh, apologize. Um,
3: just give up, give multiple answers like I did. Yeah.
4: So when, mind, I, yeah.
2: when cool. I asked Katie who she wanted to have coffee with, you said what? You said Britney Spears and, and Henry
1: who?
2: David Thoreau. Oh, Henry David Thoreau, which would be an interesting breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just remembering this is an audio podcast. So if you sit and ponder, People think I can't ponder.
4: Over. I can't ponder. You can't. Well, well, no, yeah, I appreciate
3: can you. Fill, you it saying, in, hmm. fill it in with some Jeopardy music while oh, it's right, right, yeah. It, I added some Jeopardy music.
4: Exactly. Just throw some things in there. I really can't. I. You threw me off, man. To tell you the truth, I can't think of anybody because I've been. You have some
1: good answers.
4: Here's well. Here's the thing, too, man. It's not for the lack of uh, individuals being out there who sure. I'm influenced by, but things are so myopic with the situation I'm in right now with everything that's happened, pandemic, everything that's happening with Stephanie, we're in our own little bubble. So yeah. really there's not outside really interference. It's yes, yeah. creative and dealing with this situation. So everything else kind of just gets pushed to the side. Totally. You know I mean?
2: Totally. And then lastly, and this is what we ask um, everybody at the end. If you could remem- be remembered for one thing, what would that be? Making people laugh. Yeah, man. And yeah. you have. And you always have. And let me say this, is that, like, this interview is is very selfish of me because I wanted to ask you some of these questions for many years. And it's like, you know, you, years start to pile up. And, you you know, you assume you know, you know, certain things about, like, family even that you feel you're tight with. And it's like, I learned a lot tonight, you know? And so, you know, thank you for this.
4: No, it's, it's, it's great being part of a, a podcast like this, where you are jumping in to layers of people that have been part of your life. You know, we all collect yeah. them, you know, on Facebook, but you're actually taking them out of the closet a little bit and talking to them and dusting them off and seeing what's going on. So I appreciate, yeah, well, uh, I appreciate. Thank both you. Of you uh, katie's right
2: there along for this journey and she's bringing in people too. the next phase of this podcast is when i go to each person's house and stay (laughs) with them for a week
1: i love it i love it so
2: every guest we've had so far that's listening just know like in um, 2023 the next (laughs) phase is me visiting you each week katie's coming too but we're but like each week if you have done this podcast so far you have automatically been enrolled in us coming
1: to stay with you for a week
4: <laughs> as part of it, and uh, right. yeah, I'm gonna have to get back on you some of those answers, and you're just gonna have to like fill those in. I, you know, I like, will the brief bio. I will. Oh, by the way, he got back to us and blank.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah right.
4: True.
2: Like he, no, but it'll be in June. Like you might remember our interview <laughs> in March that uh, you know, Alan he finally has. right. He never left that chair. He's been thinking about it yeah. for a
1: while. <laughs> so thank you for joining
2: us and we just like well one you know i miss you terribly and i hope to see you for good reasons i want to say that out there because the cousins get together but it's always for shitty reasons you know know. know. sometimes sometimes so i hope to see you whether i come out there or you come here because like just talking to you tonight i just miss being with you you know you have such a wonderful energy
1: and uh in the beginning
2: by the way katie two things one this is our longest podcast ever right because we yeah. i think with you know not that you know any all your other guests that we've had like amazing. we have been so psyched but like you know alan has really right. raised the bar here so there's that and then the the other thing is is that um I totally forgot. So (laughs) any, I totally forgot. I
4: totally forgot. No, it's for after when he's like, we're going to cut 45 minutes out of this. Right.
2: (laughs) Right. As soon as you hang on, like, okay, don't worry. I'm going to cut. All those pauses
4: gone. It's just going
2: to be like tonight we're with Alan. And then like, what do you want to be remembered for? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks. Have a good night. Thank you. (laughs) By the way, when, when we, when I first scheduled Alan for March, we started in January. Remember early January and uh you know i asked Alan if he'd be a part of it he said he'd be psyched too and he goes what are you thinking thinking he probably was like you know thursday or i said um march 17th he's like what the fuck he's like how many people do you have before me like Uh, he's family and i'm like sorry dude i can only he's like oh just march like two months from now
4: no it was worth it
2: It well it it. was worth it oh thank you thank you you you. both very much